0: Do you win a prize if your organization has to go to two different elimination games in the first round of the playoffs? Do you win something for that? Is there like a Stanley Cup of oopsing? We're going to talk about the Kings and the Reign and the predicament both teams find themselves in on today's uh, bonus Saturday episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, this is Locked On Los Angeles Kings. As always, I'm your host, Sarah Appampato, excited sort of, I guess, to be here Talking about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings and or Ontario Reign, one or both of which you might be kind of upset with at the moment. Depends on like your outlook on the season and where you think the team should be and and all that stuff. Uh, if you have missed the memo somehow, if you were, uh, you know, off in space or something, uh, the Kings blew a chance to clinch their series against Edmonton Oilers. They lost at home. Uh, Sending things to a decisive game seven in Edmonton tonight, which is terrifying. Uh, And then last night in their uh, second game of their matchup uh, in Colorado, uh, the rain blew it in overtime to the Colorado Eagles. Uh, The Eagles now have a 2 0 advantage in the series. The series goes back to Ontario, where the rain are going to have to win three straight against a team that has given them fits all season. Uh, to advance to the next round of the playoffs. So we're going to look at both of those games, both of those situations today, and uh, see see what we have to look forward to or to be afraid of or whatever. So King's last game, 4-2 to loss to Edmonton. It was close, really. Uh, one of those last goals was an empty net goal from, of course, none other than Evander Kane, because why not? Uh, Tyson Berry got the go ahead goal, uh, late in the third, third period. And just once again, once again, the Kings special teams just really, really could have made their lives a lot easier. Uh, Oilers only actually got one power play this game, uh, whether that's because the Kings were more disciplined or because, you know, the officials were doing their thing, who knows, but the Oilers didn't score on it. So that was great. Kings had four separate opportunities on the power play, only got one goal on it. Uh, Sean Dersey put in just like a rocket of a shot, like, super exciting to see him get on the board. Uh, he opened up scoring for the Kings after they had already fallen behind 2 0. Uh, so, like, that was a really great, like, turning moment in the game. Late in the second period, power play finally worked. Uh, and then, you know, you go into the third period, Carl Grunstrom scores less than a minute in, and you're like, great, tie game. Like, the momentum is all swinging our way, uh, and then, you know, (laughs) the rest of the game happened. Kings even got a late power play in this one uh, after Tyson Berry scored that go-ahead goal. They could have uh, had the opportunity to tie it up. They didn't. Uh, Third period, you know, they also pulled the goalie at the end. They spent significant time with the man advantage that way uh, and couldn't get anything happening either. Uh, For once, the Kings were outshot 37-32. to Uh, They had a huge third period, but... You know, the, the the Kings, the Kings are going to King. One player that I have been pretty impressed by in this playoff series has been Carl Grunstrom. He's been in and out of the lineup, in and out of, up, in, in and out of the lineup all season, uh, missed a game in the playoffs because of an injury uh, and has looked, you know, it, it, you don't want to make Dustin Brown comparisons, especially right now, knowing that like we're potentially looking at Dustin Brown's last game ever. But Grunstrom fulfills that same sort of, you know, hard-nosed, drive-to-the-net, you know, gritty, power-forward kind of role that Brown has his whole career. And this is what I've always kind of seen Carl Grunstrom as growing into. Uh, And for whatever reason, he hasn't ever really seemed to catch on very much with Todd McClellan. Just has never really found a true home in the lineup. But he has been really good... Uh, in the games he's been in, in this series, uh, he's been doing exactly what you want him to do uh, in terms of physicality, in terms of, I mean, the one goal that he scored, like falling down, kind of shoving the puck into the net. Legally, they reviewed it and everything. If Carl Grunstrom turns into the guy who just shows up in the playoffs, honestly, like that's, I mean, it's not great. You want your players to show up all year long. But if he's one of those guys who elevates his play in the playoffs, whatever, like, cool. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, so I have no, like, I have no notes for Carl Grunstrom. Um, I do have some notes for Andreas Athanasiou, because two of those goals against, you know, I don't want to put the blame all on one person. I feel like there's many opportunities to have a goal, not be a goal. But uh, just from Athanasiou, we've always known that defense is not necessarily his strongest suit, and you we've been able to shelter him from having to do too much defensing because of who we've put him on lines with, and you sort of accept that trade-off. It's the same thing that, you know, we've talked about previously with Arthur Kaliev, who, you know, is still developing as an NHL player, so it's too early to kind of have a book on him yet. But the thing with Kaliev has always been, okay, maybe he's not great at defense, maybe his skating isn't great, but at the end of the day, if he's putting in a bunch of goals for you, even strength, power play, whatever – you can live with that. You can learn to live with uh, those sorts of mistakes because if he gets scored on, he's going to go and get you one back. At least that is our hope for Kaliev as he's, as he develops right now, he's still, you know, kind of getting his feet wet in the NHL. Uh, And and that's, so that's sort of the the place that often to see you has been as well, where you're like, okay, yeah, you might blow this one, but we know that you're good for a goal. You're going to be fine. Um, yeah. He, just the failure to get puck, I, I mean, I hate, I, I hate the like pucks in deep stuff, but if you're trying to get the puck out of the zone, you need to actually get it out of the zone. You don't want to just like flip right there. And then it's very easy to get it back in. You need to, I, I again, it's a stupid hockey cliche, but it's true. Like you need to get it in deep so that the other team, if they're going to go chase it down, has harder work to do. Uh, just not super impressed with what he brought defensively in this game. Uh Todd and Cullen had him out there in the final minute-ish of play uh to to be on that you know empty net situation and I was like, mmm is that the choice you want to make? He's not gonna get a breakaway. Like that's his thing is using his speed. Like we don't you don't necessarily need the speed there. Um just not great. And I feel bad because I really wonder what this season would have been like for him had he not dealt with so many injuries with COVID. I think like he was just in and out of the lineup. It was hard to get consistent time, hard to really get in the feel of things. And so, you know, I wonder if he'd be in a more comfortable situation if he'd actually played most of the season. Uh, and instead, we have what we have, which is, uh, you know, if if is sat the, this next game, as a healthy scratch, I don't think anyone's going to complain about it because he, he didn't bring anything offensively to make up for what he sort of lacked on defense. So that that was bad. Didn't like that at all. Um, we're going to take another couple of looks at that game uh, and some notes from it coming up next. But before we get there, let's talk all about Bilt Bar because yesterday I was super excited to get a package in the mail, came to my door, opened it up, it's a box of Built Bars. Not only is it a box of Built Bars, but it is their brand new flavor. It is the birthday cake puff. If you are the person who like basically goes to, to parties for the cake, if you are the person who is like, you know, oh, there's all this extra icing left over, I'm going to go eat it. Uh, if you're that person, if you're me, basically, these are basically made, made for you. Uh, Built Bar birthday cake puffs, They're only 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and they taste delicious. They are light, they are fluffy, covered in 100% white chocolate, and they've even got sprinkles. Like, the sprinkles are an extra added fun bonus. They really do taste delicious, and if you're looking for a great snack to start your day, a great snack in the middle of the day, you wake up at midnight and you're hungry... Built Bars are there for you, and the best thing is they're not just tasty, they're also good for you. You can go to Built.com, see all the different flavors available. You can also read up on the nutrition information to see exactly how these are going to fit into your food journey. So go to Built.com, get your birthday cake puffs now. Also check out, like I said, all the other flavors available. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks, of course, for making Locked on Kings your first listen of the day this Saturday. For your next listen, make sure you're checking out the Locked on Now podcast. You can get nightly recaps of every NHL game off of the playoffs with analysis from our local experts. The show is free and available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're down to a game seven. And on the one hand, I I tweeted this and I think it kind of resonated with a a bunch of you. On the one hand, like... No one expected the Kings to be here. Like, okay, sure, I made my, like, bold, wacky prediction. Yeah, the Kings are a playoff team. But, you know, analytically, none of the numbers said the Kings should be here. Of course, hockey world didn't expect Vegas to fall off a cliff. Hockey world didn't expect Philip Grubauer to, like, forget how to goalie. And here we are. We made it into the playoffs. That's awesome. So as we've been saying all postseason long, the Kings are basically playing with house money. Uh, No one expected the Kings to be here at this point in time in the season, in in their rebuild. And so, yeah, sure, no one is looking at this thinking, ah, the Kings are going to win the Stanley Cup in their, like, first year bouncing back from, you know, obscurity. No one's thinking that. Like, if you are thinking that, I mean, bless your heart. But we're basically in a situation where if they lose, it sucks. Like, no two ways about it. Like, it's going to be disappointing And I think the fact that we are going to be disappointed if the Kings lose says something about where this team is and our expectations for it, because you look at them and in their best moments, like in the game that they shut out Edmonton in their first game of the series, you look at them and think, maybe they could do this. Maybe they are like, at least like conference finals material. And then you look at them, you know, in their terrible games two and three, and you're like, oh, buddy, you don't even belong here. But so, like, it's good that we're going to be disappointed if they lose because it means that we have expectations for them. It means that the team is in a position to, like, actually do something. And to have fans be upset because they're not as good as, like, they should be, it's better than being upset because you're like, oh, well, it's another terrible year. It's another top 10 draft pick. Like, I'd rather be upset because my team is good but not good enough, then be upset because my team is bad. I, I, maybe that's just me. But so, like, like I said, it's, on the one hand, yeah, okay, if they lose, they lose, whatever. Like, this isn't the year that they went for it. They didn't make a whole bunch of moves that they just, like, wasted or whatever. But on the other hand, yeah, we're going to be disappointed. It's going to be really frustrating to see the Kings, if, if, they, if they do, lose this series because we can pinpoint a lot of the things that went wrong, that had they not gone wrong could have won the series. The biggest thing really is special teams and I feel a little bad because all of King's hockey Twitter is basically like don't even let Marco Stern back on the the plane you know whatever And I get it like I certainly have called for uh, him to move on as well because there's no reason the special teams should be this bad. Uh, The King's even if you take out the sort of like defensive lapses by like Athens you in this last game, each one of these games, except for maybe that like blowout like whatever eight nothing loss or something, even that one, it did, it escalated very quickly. But like, it didn't have to be that way because the first period you you could have come out of it being like all right like things are okay if you had scored on a couple of power plays. And so I think that no matter what happens in this off season. Uh, That's something that the organization needs to look at. There is no excuse for the special teams being this bad. Sure, they don't have Drew Doughty, and I know that that's a big missing piece. Sean Walker, also, I think we kind of forget about him because he's, you know, much more of a quiet player. But you know, missing those guys on the blue line has certainly hurt. But the power play was also bad last year, and the year before, and the year before. And I get the argument that like the power play has always been bad like historically but that's not a reason to just sort of sit back and accept it if something has been going wrong in your organization for 10 years despite coaching changes despite what personnel changes even um just throwing up your hands and being like well it's always been bad it's it's always going to be bad like that's not acceptable like you you have there's unless like the kings are haunted by ghosts or like a witch's curse or something that has doomed them to never have a good power play. There's always something you can do to fix it. And so I don't accept the like, oh, well, it's just always been bad. So that's just the way it is. Like, no, that's not actually the correct answer. The correct answer is we try to figure out how to fix it and try to figure out how to get over the fact that it's been historically bad. I don't know why it's bad. I mean, you can look at why it's bad because of just bad player usage and that it's not set up great. And I think many, many smarter analysts than me have spent a lot of time looking at the Kings power play and why it doesn't work, especially in comparison to teams that have power plays that do work. I mean, watch the Oilers on the power play. Even like, if you like make Connor McDavid be like a little bit worse of a player, like, because yeah, sure. He and dry are kind of the secret weapons. Um, when you have that much skill, you have that much like vision on the ice McDavid especially will see plays that no one else will, would, would think of to make, or he sees them and can execute them. Someone else might think, "Oh yeah, I'm going to take this puck around the back of the net, drive one to me, and then Bloop pass it over to frickin' Zach Cassian." Like a lot of people might have that idea, but McDavid can execute it. And so, sure, the Kings are at a disadvantage there. But just look stylistically at what these other teams do versus what the Kings do. And that's coaching. That's not like, I mean, yeah, like a crazy witch curse would be really funny. But at the end of the day, either it's coaching or your personnel aren't willing to do what they need to do. Either one of those are problems and either one of those are fixable. So I don't want special teams to be like the referendum on this series, but each of these losses, again, except for that like stupid blowout loss, the story would have been very different had the Kings managed... To get any momentum on on the power play, and that is going to be a huge point of frustration if they do not come away with a win at the end of this series, because you could see very easily how it could be different. We're going to look at the Ontario rain coming up next and their unfortunate predicament. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk Bet Online because our partners at Bet Online continue. be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information you can find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures if you put money on the kings to win the stanley cup again bless your heart maybe you shouldn't have done that you can go to bet online and find all of the odds for the stanley cup for the conference finals all that great stuff is on Bet Online. It is, of course, your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. So head on over to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends and the action. You can head over to Bet Online, it is where the game starts. So let's talk Rain because their situation is even more disappointing than. Uh, The Kings situation because of exactly how good the rain have been all season and exactly how aggressively mediocre they have been so far in their two playoff games this season. Uh, Game number one, obviously, like, there's nothing to talk about. They lost 10 to one. Like, that's embarrassing. 10 to one. Nothing went right for the team in that game. They didn't look good from the very jump and things just escalated quickly. Uh, the the team cycled through mo- both Matt Valalta and David Rinnick and net, uh, just nothing went right. Nothing. They weren't ready. They weren't ready from the puck drop. So you're like, okay, game two, like pivotal game two. If the the Rain win this, they're going back to Ontario with a split series. If they lose it, they're facing elimination in their next game. Remember, this round in the playoffs in the AHL is best of five. So they also split up the games differently. First two games in Colorado, last three games in Ontario. So the Rain are now in a position where they have to take a very strong team and sweep them, reverse sweep them. At least the Rain are at home, but it's going to be tough. Uh, Colorado and the Rain have not been a good matchup all season long. Um, they they have not matched up well together in the regular season. They particularly played played a bunch of games against each other in that chunk of time which is still impacting the rain right now where the kings basically took their entire blue line and were like bye we need them and the reign have kind of had to struggle to you know integrate new faces figure out how to deal with life without jacob mavarari austin strand jordan spence who are all currently by the way sitting around with the kings doing nothing so i will say one good i mean it's not good but, like, if the Kings lose Game 7 to the Oilers, that's going to dramatically change the picture for the Reign because they're going to get back, potentially, Quentin Byfield, Rasmus Kapari, Jordan Spence, Gabe Velarde. All those guys, Kapari's gotten into games, but the rest of them have been healthy scratches lately. I think Velarde should come into Game 7 um, in, a, in, in exchange for Athanasiu, based off of Athenasiou's very met performance. Uh, but... The Reign with those four players are going to be a better team. It's kind of disappointing that they didn't also like manage to paper transaction. I mean, you can only do four, so I get it. Uh, those are the four they picked. But Strand and Moverari can't go back to the Reign. They are just going to, you know, have to do nothing if the Kings lose. But if if those guys come back, I would say maybe there's a little bit more of a chance of the reverse sweep for the Reign. Uh, because you're getting back four players who, no matter how much some of them have struggled at the NHL level, all of them have just killed it in the AHL. So they're a very different team with those four guys. Uh, having Jordan Spence back on the blue line especially would be huge for the Reign. So, like, you're also kind of in this conundrum of, like, don't want the Kings to lose, but sure would like the Reign to have a little bit of a better chance. Uh, if you missed last night's game against Colorado, Rain pushed it to overtime. They were down by two goals going into the end of the third period, and then the rain did what we've seen them do all season long, which is forge the improbable comeback. Akil Thomas, uh, with just about three-ish minutes left in the game, uh, he gets left all alone, basically. Great angle for a shot, and and just pops it in, brings the rain within one uh, with. A little more than 30 seconds left, 32 seconds, 33, I can't do math. Uh, Vladimir Kachev, uh just roofs it to tie the game. And we've seen this from the rain. We've seen this particularly from some of those guys all season long of coming up big in moments that you need them, of forcing these comebacks, forcing overtime. Uh, and then the rain did what they've also done a lot, which is get to overtime and then blow it. Which makes this game even more frustrating. They had a ton of opportunities in overtime. They had seven shots. Uh, I mean, all credit to, uh, the, to the to the Eagles goalie, who was has been fantastic. Uh, and if the if the Rain lose this series, uh, there's going to be two stories behind it. One is they totally got goalied by uh, by the Eagles. Two is that apparently somehow the Rain, with not just the best power play. In the league in the regular season, but in AHL history, in AHL history, uh, has gotten zero power play goals this this playoffs. Colorado's penalty kill in the regular season decidedly mediocre, uh, but Colorado has just been killing them on the power play. They've certainly gotten their fair chance. They had five opportunities in this game uh, and just couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, they the rain also struggled big time with discipline in this game. Uh, at the end of the game, Martin, or the, at the end of the first period, Martin Firk took a 10-minute unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, so he basically missed half of the second period. Uh, at Midway through the third period, TJ Tynan just, like, jumps into a, a scrum, like, un, honestly kind of uncalled for. Like, I would love to know ice level what sparked that, because he isn't the type of player to just jump someone for no reason. So something had to have happened, but, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Uh, but he gets two minutes for roughing, 10 minutes for continuing an altercation, which puts him out of commission for the entire rest of the third period and the beginning of overtime. Uh, so when two of your most reliable players in terms of scoring, or at least in, in Tynan's case, uh, particularly in terms of setting up other teammates, when two of them are spending a combined 20 minutes in the box, not to mention you know other penalties that were taken, that's not great. That's not great. Uh, that really is going to impact your chance. The rain also, in the beginning of overtime, the Eagles took basically two back to back penalties, and the rain couldn't capitalize on either of those. So, much like the Kings, and you can see opportunities for them to have won the game, you can see opportunities for the rain to have won this game as well. Uh, you know, it shouldn't have gotten down to needing a miracle last minute third period goal to win. It shouldn't have gotten there in the first place, but that's what happened. That's where you're at. And because the rain can't figure out how to crack Colorado on the penalty kill, because the rain have struggled with discipline of their own, Ontario has, or the Eagles have definitely cashed in on their own power play uh, in this series so far, uh, because they just can't get it together, uh, they're on the brink of elimination. One of the top teams in the AHL this season uh, and they could very easily be eliminated in their next game. And and I get it, like, I tweeted about this of how, like, it's going to be a huge disappointment and someone responded and, like, they have a point, like, I get it, of yes, but this rain team is missing so many of the players who made it special, essentially, throughout the beginning of the season. And yes, correct. Um, But... It's not like they suddenly lost every single game once all of those guys went up to the the NHL because of call-ups and everything. It's not like the rain, you know, it, it, we, you were in the final days of the season with this like cobbled together rain um, roster and still thinking that there was a chance for this team to bump up and take over Stockton for the league lead. They had their struggles, but they sort of, figured it out. Especially, you know, once the trade deadline passed and they brought in some more experienced players, especially in the blue line. Um, so, yeah, the the fact that they're not playing necessarily with their full roster, I totally get that. It, it, like I said, this team is different when you bring back Spence and Byfield and Kupari and Vellardi. Like, they're a better team. But at the end of the day, their job is to win. And this team has won without those players and they uh it's it's going to be a disappointment if they don't pull this one off so we will know by monday uh what what's what's happening for both of these organizations the kings again game 7 is tonight uh for the rain the rest of their series they play sunday in ontario that's game 3 Rain win, series goes on. Rain lose, series done. Uh, after that, Tuesday and Wednesday are games four and five for the rain. Again, all three of those are at home. If you are in the area, you should go check out the game. Uh, go say hi to your rain, help cheer them on, help them uh, engineer their own reverse sweep because that'd be really funny. I'd be super into it. Uh, whoever wins this matchup between the rain and the Eagles, whoever wins the series, is going to go on to face the Stockton Heat, who just swept the Bakersfield Condors. So uh, if the rain do prevail, it's not going to get any easier for them because Stockton is also just really, really good. So that's it for today's bonus episode. Uh, Make sure you watch the Kings tonight with like one hand over your eyes if you're afraid, because that's what I'll be doing. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show's on Twitter at Locked on la Kings. And, uh, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, YouTube. Uh, I'll be uh, probably hiding while the game is happening um, out of fear because of what's going to happen next. So, uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, cheer on your kings and your reign. Hope that they both live to play another game. Uh, that is it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this bonus Saturday episode. The Lockdown Los Angeles Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.